0: For many years the motto the unofficial motto of the city of Glasgow Scotland was let glasgow flourish by the preaching of the word of god and the word and the worship of his people how's that for a city motto <laughs> Over time, it, uh, it morphed and it shrank, and in the 1800s, they adopted it as the official motto of Glasgow, Scotland, which you will see if you visit there. It's on public buildings. It's all over the place. It's on uh, trash cans in the park. The official motto is simply, let Glasgow flourish. It's a positive statement. It's hopeful. But it's also empty, just a vague wish that Glasgow flourish. But I say to you may Asbury Theological Seminary always flourish through the preaching of the Word of God and the worship of His people. Can I get a witness? may you flourish, not just slog along, not just, you know, get by. Uh, There's something to be said for that. There's strength in that, but may you flourish. May you grow numerically. May you grow qualitatively. May you become better and closer disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ through the preaching of his word, and of course the obedience to that word and the worship of his people. Heavenly Father, as we open your word now, help us... uh, to receive it with open hearts, open ears. Prepare the soil of our hearts for the seed of your word through Christ our Lord. Amen. So this morning we preach from and we worship from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. If you'd like to turn there, you can have it open. This is a command to remember The Lord Spirit, through his apostle, to his disciple Timothy, to us, commands us to remember. Remember Jesus Christ. may seem to you like a strange command. You may think, well, yes, I remember Jesus. I mean, I had my devotions this morning, and I'm here in chapel, and I'm taking classes in theology and Bible and stuff. And of yes, I remember Jesus Christ, so do we need this command? Well, apparently, the answer is yes. Remember Jesus Christ. Well, why the command? Well, for one thing, our memories fade, right? They drift. We fade over time. We are like old uh, VHS tapes. Do you remember that technology? Somebody, please, VHS tapes. Humor an old person is <laughs> a big old cassette tape, and the images and the sound were put on, uh, magnetized somehow on, uh, on film, and then over time, it just fades. The, the magnetic properties, and so you put it in your machine, and it's, and our memories are like that. We need reminders. We need renewals. So the Lord, through his apostle, says, remember Jesus Christ. Furthermore, our memories are selective. Uh, the old metaphor of memory—I'm talking brain science—the old image of memory was like a photograph, just you know, and you capture reality. And that—that's that, uh, no longer the dominant metaphor in uh, brain studies of memory. Memory is more like uh, making a quilt or a, a sampler. So you've got this bit of cloth and this bit of cloth, and we stitch it together into a coherent whole. And what doesn't fit our picture, our narrative, uh, we discard. And so our memories are selective. So with that in mind, we need something objective. We need need a written account, a, a permanent record. We need the gospel. And so the apostle says, remember. Remember Jesus Christ, this gospel story that you have been taught uh, from your youth, uh, Timothy. But the problem of memory is actually deeper than just brain science, it's also a spiritual condition. We tend to forget. We tend to drift from the faith once delivered in the Bible, forgetting is a tantamount to forsaking. It's synonymous. To turn your back on God is to forget him. Thus, all the, the repeated, the, the refrain in the book of Deuteronomy, be careful that you remember, do not forget, over and over. Remember, do not forget. Thus, the, uh, the exhortation in the book of Hebrews, uh, be careful lest you drift. Drift away. The hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And so the command comes in light of this spiritual uh, propensity we have for forgetting, drifting. The faith story of uh, Charles Darwin uh, comes to mind darwin was brought up in a conventionally christian home in victoria england he accepted the truthfulness of the bible he accepted the creeds of the church and for a while he actually thought of going into the ministry to become a pastor he thought that would be a gentlemanly profession so it was while traveling the world as a naturalist aboard the hms beagle that he developed his theory that that uh, species developed by random processes over these vast epochs of time, and that led him to reject uh, the Genesis account of uh, creation. That eventually led him to reject the whole Old Testament. That led him eventually to reject the Gospels because of their miracle stories and their uh, discrepancies, supposed discrepancies in eyewitness accounts. And then a severe personal storm caused him to drift further. This was the death of his dear daughter, Annie, 10 years old. The great scientist never became an outright atheist, but his faith became something like a deist, first cause, general force. In Darwin's own words, his autobiography, I gradually came to disbelieve in Christianity as a divine revelation. Disbelief crept over me at a very slow rate, but was at last complete. The rate was so slow that I felt no distress. And so in light of the propensity to drift, forget, in light of our brains, <laughs> selective memories and fading memories, comes the command, Second Timothy chapter two, "Remember Jesus Christ." You see it right there in verse eight. Second Timothy 2 verse eight. "Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember this gospel story. He's summarizing the whole story. This is a compact statement. It might have been a creedal statement from the early church. There's a lot packed in here. There's the incarnation is implied. There's the resurrection. There is... The uh, humanity of Christ, the offspring of David. There is his, his messianic line. He is the Savior, Jesus the Christ. Lots packed in here. Remember Jesus. This gospel story. It is a riches to rags story. And back to riches again. Remember him. Participate with him in memory. In the Bible, remembering, like forgetting, is more than just a a mental activity, more than just cognitive recall. It is a whole person activity. It includes the mind, yes of course, but it also includes the emotions, it includes the will. It means to remember, to put things back together again, things that have been dismembered, things that have been amputated. Remember, like the thief on the cross, remember me, bless me, favor me, act toward me a certain way. Remember me today when you come into your kingdom. Remember Jesus Christ. Call him to memory. Love him. Obey him. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember this gospel story. That's one of the reasons uh, you have your daily devotions. It's to remember Jesus. It's to give yourself reminders. C.S. Lewis uh, said it this way. We must train the habit of faith by making sure that some of its main doctrines shall be deliberately held before the mind every day. That is why daily prayers and religious reading and church going are necessary parts of the Christian life. We have to be continually reminded of what we believe. Neither this belief, this belief in Christianity, nor any other belief will automatically Remain in the mind. It must be fed. This command to remember is one of the reasons you came to chapel today. I know you came to see your friends, and I know you came to to, uh, have a quiet time in the middle of your busy day, but you also came with a song in your heart. You may not have known the song was in there, but it was in there. Here was the song. The song goes like this, tell me the old, old story. I love that story. The story of Jesus, love. I've heard it before. Tell it to me again. To remember Jesus Christ, we need reminders. We want reminders. It's one of the reasons uh, we we cycle through the church calendar, right? Advent and Lent, and we, we live out this non verbally. We live out this story. We remind ourselves of this gospel story Jesus Christ, riches to rags, to riches again. So we are commanded to remember Jesus. Now, we need that memory, especially when we suffer for the gospel. I wonder if you noticed during the scripture reading or with your text open before you, that's the context of this command. Paul was suffering. Uh, Timothy was not far behind in his own suffering. And so remember Jesus Christ when they put you in chains for preaching the gospel. Verse 9. Uh, remember Jesus Christ. Remember this story, verse 9 for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. Criminal, uh, evildoer. Uh, so the, the word is only used here in the New Testament. It's used one other time the thieves on the cross, evildoers, malefactors. I'm being bound like a criminal for doing what? I'm a Roman citizen for doing what? For preaching this gospel story. And this is when we need to remind ourselves and hear this story and remember Jesus Christ when we suffer in gospel ministry. So tradition says that the Apostle Paul was writing this as a prisoner in the Mamertine prison right there in Rome. It was, even in Paul's day, it was ancient, it was cold, it was the embodiment of misery. It was dark, it was damp, it was disheartening. It was constructed with two levels, a lower level. The lower level actually used to be a quarry, and they converted it into a prison. That's part of the reason it's dark and damp. And then the other story directly above it, and there was no stairway, there was no passageway that led, there was a hole in the roof of the bottom level or a hole in the the floor of the top level, and that's where they threw Paul, down through that hole. Even though he was a Roman citizen, it was outrageous. He was suffering for this gospel ministry. And so he says, Timothy, you're not far behind, You've already experienced it. Your day is coming. Remember. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember him so that you will not grow weary, faint. Remember he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, dead, and buried. Remember when he was reviled, he did not revile again in return. When he suffered, he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. Remember, and Timothy. Remember not only that he suffered, remember that he rose. Yes, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. Yes, but on the third day he rose again from the dead and sitteth now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And Asbury, if you believe in Jesus, I know you do, if you are a disciple of Jesus, if you are in union with Christ, if by faith you have latched onto him as the anchor of your soul, you too will rise again. If you share his eternal life, he will keep that promise and hold you and carry you up, but it might have to travel through the road of persecution and suffering. Verse 11, if we have died with him, we shall live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. So, Timothy, Asbury, remember Jesus Christ, remember his sufferings, and you persevere in your sufferings as a good soldier, verse 3 in our context. As an athlete, verse 5 previous to our passage. As a hard-working farmer, verse 6 in our passage. Remember Jesus Christ when you suffer for the gospel. Now, I'm not sure what your suffering will look like in gospel ministry. Those of you from North America, that's where I'm from, <laughs> Our suffering in North America, it can hardly be called suffering compared to majority world, in many places, majority world suffering. But even in our day, a cold shoulder being passed over at work for promotion, rolling their eyes when you walk into the room, family and friends, and maybe we are headed in the United States, in North America, to majority world suffering. And if that day comes, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. And if we endure, we will reign with him. Now, two specific encouragements in our passage help us to endure. There's two two positive words here that help us uh, persevere to the end. The first encouragement is in verse 9, the second half of verse 9. He says, "I uh, I am bound with chains as a criminal, but, here's your encouragement, the word of God is not bound. I'm in chains. The word is not chained. They stuck me in a hole. The word is being shouted from the rooftop. They can put me down here. It doesn't do much to the Word. In fact, it's kind of actually helping the Word a little bit. That's what persecution does. So be encouraged. Your perseverance, your endurance, remembering Jesus Christ, participating, not just cognitive, participating to love Him and serve Him. Remember, the Word is not bound. So I teach at Gordon-Conwell, a seminary, and a couple years ago, one of my students uh, was from mainland China, the pastor and uh, before he came to seminary, he actually had been recently uh, released from jail. The police broke into his apartment, and they found incriminating evidence, I think some Christian books, and they they put him in jail. He said the worst part of jail was actually uh, his fellow prisoners. They They mocked him, they... They roughed him up physically. He said one of them, one of them knew uh, martial arts, and he gave him a martial arts kick and hit him right in the solar plexus. And even as my student was telling me this story, this was a, more than a year later, as he was telling me this story, he went like this. I still I am not right here. Well, where's my student now? Guess what he's doing now? He's preaching the gospel. Guess what's happening? You know what's happening in China, don't you? Listen, you guys, the word of God is not bound. They can put you in jail, and they may, and maybe our day is coming, but take encouragement. The word of God is not bound. Just keep at it. Just endure. Patient ministry. Preach the word. Disciple people. Honor, love, and remember Jesus Christ. The word is not bound. The word depicts the word as a fire that burns away dross, Jeremiah 23. It is rain that replenishes a countryside, Isaiah 55. It is a hammer that breaks up stony hearts, Jeremiah 23 also. It is milk For a baby to nourish a baby first Peter 2 it is a sword which pierces ourselves the soul and the conscience and the motives and the thoughts of the heart it is a uh, Hebrews chapter 4 it is a sword as an offensive weapon by which we battle the devil Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it is a mirror that shows us our true selves, James 1, it is a lamp to our feet, it is a light unto our path, Psalm 119, we have been born again through the living and abiding word of God, it is not chained, constricted, and that is the first encouragement for you and me to remember Jesus Christ. Here's the second encouragement. This living act of word, coupled with our patient endurance, our steady ministry, results in salvation for the elect. That's what it says in verse 10. Therefore, knowing that the word is not bound, therefore, I Endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Therefore, I endure. Endure means more than to grit your teeth doesn't mean less than that. It just means it means means steady perseverance. It means you keep on walking uphill even when the lightning flashes and the wind blows. You just keep on keeping on. Therefore I endure everything. Why? For the sake of the elect. Because this powerful word coupled with my steady ministry it results in salvation. Eternal glory for the elect. So that's your second encouragement your gospel ministry, your recounting of this story of Jesus, your pointed application of the gospel to all aspects of life, which you minister with endurance, results in glory, salvation, heaven for those who sit under your teaching. Strength for today right, hope, for tomorrow. Reverend Jesse Lee was a Methodist minister in the early days of the Methodist movement in North America. He was from North Carolina. He attended one of the first Christmas conferences of the Methodist movement, and Francis Asbury said, Jesse Lee, I have an assignment for you. I'm sending you to the frozen tundra of New England. Trust me, it is frozen tundra. <laughs> and Jesse Lee, you know, he's from North Carolina, he didn't want to go up there and those cold-hearted New Englanders, and, and he, he demurred, and he whined about it, and well, I don't, why do I have to do that? He said, what bounty do you offer for this assignment? And Francis Asbury said, here's your bounty. Grace here, glory hereafter. Get on your horse. (laughs) I think that's about it, right? Grace here, glory hereafter. And so when you minister with patient endurance, the word promises glory hereafter. It promises the salvation of the elect, It promises seeing the word unleashed and all of this flows from our remembering Jesus Christ. We remember that he was always at the Father's right hand. And then remember, we remember, a body was prepared for him. We remember, born of a virgin. We remember, He went about doing good. We remember they trumped up charges against him. It was a mockery, it was a kangaroo court. We remember they nailed him to a cross. We remember they put him in a cold tomb, rolled a big rock in front of him. We remember The rock was rolled away. We remember that he arose on the third day. We remember that he ascended to his father. We remember that he has currently an intercessory ministry for us as a great high priest. We remember that he's coming back one day. We remember this gospel story. And we take heart we remember that if we endure in our suffering that we also will share that eternal life and reign with him. So remember remember Jesus Christ of the Father the Son